Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to the Summit Internet Radio Podcast Show. I am your host, Adam Tuggle. Yes, we are here and we are live, y'all. Yes, I am blessed to be here for another episode. Amen. We have a very, very powerful episode today. Because this episode that we have today, God is definitely, definitely in it. Most definitely. Not saying that he wasn't in it on the previous episodes, because he was. But this episode is for everybody. This episode is for the, the saved and the unsaved. This episode is the episode that will help change your life today. Amen. We are talking about purpose by design. And I know and and, and I know I posted it on Facebook that um you know, we were going to be talking about uh the ordination of the family. Well, God told me to change the top the uh, topic today and this is the first time that I have done this podcast where God has told me to change the topic so that's what we're going to do we're going to go with the flow of the Lord on today so I want you to sit back relax if you're out doing your driving stay focused on your driving but keep your ears tuned in to the Summer Internet Radio Podcast because you do not want to miss this episode today because we are talking about purpose by design. God bless you. I love you. We're getting ready to go pay some bills and then we will be right back here on the Summit Internet Radio Podcast with your host, Adam Tuggle. In Jesus name, God bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. We are back live on the Summit Internet Radio Podcast Show. I am your host, Adam Tuggle. And yes, we're here, y'all, for another episode. And this episode is getting ready to change somebody's life. Amen. I believe it. I, I believe it. Everything within me, I believe this episode is getting ready to change somebody's life on today for the good, not for the bad, but for the good. Amen. I want to start off. I want to start off by doing this. I want to say, um, first, I want to wish somebody very special in my life a very, very happy birthday. And that is my beautiful wife. Of six years. Um, she is the mother of my three wonderful sons. She is a wife of one husband. She is the orchestrator, the the keeping together of our home. My wife, I love you. She is celebrating a birthday on today, and I want to say happy birthday to my beautiful, beautiful wife on today. 
in Jesus name. Baby, if you're listening, I love you. I thank God for you. I hope to spend many, many more years with you in Jesus name. And I pray that you have many more wonderful birthdays to come in Jesus name. Amen. Now, I am here. This episode is going to be totally, totally different than any other episode. Okay. Because we're going to be talking about purpose by design. And it's going to be different because we're going to go in depth about this topic. Very, very in depth. I mean, in depth, in depth. Okay. So I want you to to tune into this. Tell your friends about this. Amen. When. Okay. Let me say it like this. God has a purpose for each and every one of us, all right? We already know this. The Bible uh, tells us that, that he has a purpose for each and every one of us, all right? He has already designed the purpose that he has for you. He already designed it. That's why this is purpose by design. He designed the purpose that he wants for your life. But we have in this world today, in this world, and this is why I believe why the Lord had me or told me to change the topic for today, because I've been posting uh, I posted the other the other topic on Facebook and and uh, different uh, platforms um, on on social media. And when I came into the studio, the Lord said, "Change the topic, and this is what I want you to change it to." And He gave me the 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 title of the topic and not only did he tell me to change it but um i was on my um because i do two uh shows a week i do a, a radio show on saturday and i do this show and if you ever go to uh, the Spirit of Life Network, you can catch me on the Summit with Minister Adam Tuggle uh, radio show every Saturday at 12 noon. Well, on the Spirit of Life Network this past Friday, um, and this is uh, leading into what we're going to be talking about today, and this is why the topic was changed. Um. A great man of God, Bishop Lester Carver, who does a a radio show for the Spirit Alive Network, um, did a show on Friday. And the show is titled uh, Standing in Every Man's Place. And we 
on that show, um, he was talking to the men about power and purpose. And I was listening to that show and I was able to give give some comments on that show and everything. And the Lord said during that show, the Lord said, change the topic of your shows to the to what I'm about to tell you. Okay. So this past Saturday, he had me do this same show on the Spirit of Live Network on my Saturday show. And now today he wants me to do it again. So today, this is where this comes from. I'm just following. I don't know who this is for. I I, I, I don't know. But if we go to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Amen. I'm going to show you guys that God has a purpose for our life and God's purpose for our life is a blessing to our life because some people think that if I live in Christ, that my life is over with. That's why we hear some, some people say, well, I'll give my life over to Christ when I get older. No guarantee. No guarantee. Amen. There is no guarantee of that. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it tells us, and this is Jesus speaking, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and that are called according to his purpose. Now, when we look at life, we might have, you know, dreams and goals and aspirations, and we might have our own purpose designed for our life. We want to do this and do that. But let me tell you something. We cannot have our purpose if it's not lined up with God's purpose for our life. We have to do a shift if it's not lined up with God's purpose for our life. Why? Because the purpose that is set for your life has already been designed by God. This is why Anybody that takes on the purpose that God has called them for. This is why we are able to say the ones that say, well, I'm going to do what God calls for me to do. I'm going to do the purpose that God called for me to do. And when you fulfill the purpose that God has called for you to do, you are able to say, just like just like it says in the book of Romans, chapter eight. Verse 28, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. How are we able to say that all things work together? 
Because God has designed our life. God has designed the purpose for our life. If, if God did not have a purpose for you and for me, we would not be here. Let me tell you that right now. There are many, many things that have happened in each and every one of our lives where tragedy could have take, taken us out of here. Where death was at our front door. Amen. There are many, many sicknesses that we've been through that could have taken us out of here. But because of the purpose that God has set for our life, God said, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to allow death to come after you. Death stops right now. Death stops right now. And because of the mercy and the grace of God, he has allowed you and he has allowed me to live and make it to 2023. If you are in the land of the living, it is not by happy chance that you are in the land of the living. It is no grace of our own that we are in the land of the living. But it is because of the purpose of God. You have a right to be here. I have a right to be here. Why? Because we are underneath the purpose of God. Our lives are meant to be used by God. Amen. And if we are not fulfilling the purpose that God has designed for our life, when we do leave this world, when we do make an exit from this world, if he finds us with our works undone, then we are in trouble. Amen. We are in trouble. But while we're here, while we're here on this earth, we have a purpose. And you might say, well, uh, Adam, I, I really don't have a purpose. I, I, I got I'm trying to find my purpose. I'm trying to find what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? Well, I'm here to tell you, ask God. Ask God, what is my purpose? Why am I here? I ask God that all the time. I ask him that all the time. Why am I here? Just for the day. Why? Why did you keep me alive for this day? It's always good to ask God, not questioning God. I'm not saying question him. When you ask why like that, you're not questioning God, but you just want to know. And the Bible says it's good to get an understanding. It's good to get an understanding. If you don't know, get an understanding. Any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. The Bible says, if you don't know, get an understanding by God. That's why I ask him every day, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to witness to today? Where do you want me to go? Because our lives are not our own. Our lives do not belong to us. Okay? Our lives, I, I, and, and I've heard it down through my life. Some of my friends have said it. Some of my co-workers have said it. 
Some of my family members have even said it. This is my life and I'm going to live it the way I want to. Let me help you today. Your life is not your own. You have a purpose in this life. And it's good for you to find your God-given purpose. That's why it's purpose by design. Now watch this. Not only does God have a purpose for your life, but the devil has a purpose for your life too. And so does society. Society has a purpose for your life. Amen. And that's blended in with the devil. Because he is trying to get you off track of the purpose that God has designed for you. Amen. The devil's main job is to get people off course of their God-given purpose. The purpose that God has designed for us, it is the devil's job to get us off track. You by any means necessary. If he got to use, but the but but the only thing is he has to get permission from God before he does it. That's the only difference. But our God-given purpose, the purpose by design, we have to seek God like never before, especially in this day and age. Amen. I want you to hear me. Hear me clearly. Because if you walk in the purpose that God has for you, your life and my life will be blessed beyond measure. And you think that if I walk in God, I won't be able to live life. That's not true. The Bible says he is the way, the truth and the life. He gave life. He is the author and finisher of. I know it's the. It says that he's the author and finisher of our faith. But he, he, get, he gave us life. Everything that we have is because of him. We can't live without him. We can't move without him. Philippians 4 and 13. I, I, I love that verse. I quote that verse all the time. I quote that verse to myself. I can do all things through what? Through Christ that strengtheneth me. We can't make it without God. We are not going to be able to get to our purpose in life without God. We can't do it. And there are so many people going to this way and that way and this way and that way, searching, searching for life. Searching for their purpose. But you can't. You and I cannot gain our purpose. Until we come to the master. The master that designed. Until we come to the creator. That created our life. And that created the purpose for our life. We're not going to see our purpose. We don't even. We don't even stand a chance against the devil, society, or anything else without Jesus. 
Amen. Now watch this. When God and 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 I'm gonna say it like I'm gonna say it as nicely as I can before I say it. I said it. I said it earlier. Your life is not your own. And I'm going to give you some examples of your life not being your own. You are here for God's purpose. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you some examples. And then I'm going to give you Bible. Okay? Number one. This is just an example. And I'm throwing it out there. You might say to yourself. Or you might say. Adam. It is my life. Because I can. Uh. I'm living it the way I want to. I can live it the way I want to. You know what? You do have that right. God will allow you to live your life the way you want to. Yes. But the end of that comes the consequences of that. And there are so many people looking for life in all the wrong places, looking for their purpose in all the wrong places. Your life, my life, it's not our own. Our life don't belong to us. That's why God has designed the purpose for our life. Because our life is not ours. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you in scripture that our life is not our own. We were bought with a price. Amen. We were bought with a price. I have two scriptures to show that. Amen. Amen. I have uh, two scriptures to show you all that your life is not your own. And that the purpose of God for your life is the only way to go. All right. Now, and I have some examples, too. The first scripture comes from first Corinthians chapter six. Verses 19 and 20. All right. And I want to read that to you. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a Christ. Therefore, glory, glorify God in your body and, and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. That was first Corinthians chapter six, verses 19 and 20. Now, I'm about to take you to Genesis as we read in in uh First Corinthians chapter six, verse 20, he said that your uh, your body and your spirit is belongs to God. Amen. Now watch this in Genesis chapter two. Let's go. Let's go to Genesis. Genesis chapter two. All right. Genesis chapter two, verse number seven, matter of fact, and I'm going to show you in this scripture where 
it shows us that our life does not belong to us. Amen. So we cannot say after we read this scripture, we cannot say that uh, it's my life and I can live it the way I want to. All right. Amen. And it reads in Genesis chapter two, verse number seven, it reads, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Now, these two scriptures, Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, these two scriptures and these verses, these three verses show us and give us a, a very great uh, outlook on what God has said about our life. That our life don't belong to us. Once you take on, once you commit to the agenda of the Lord Jesus Christ, your life ain't your own. Your life ain't your own no way because you're breathing God's air. As it's quoted in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. That he breathed the breath of life in the man's nostrils. Amen. He created us from the dust of the ground. And if you've ever if you've ever been to a funeral when they put the body in the ground, why do you think they say ashes to ashes and dust to dust? They commit that body back to the ground. Because Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 lets us know why they do that. When a pastor or a preacher commits that, that body back to the ground, that's the reason. In Genesis chapter 2 verse number 7. Because the Lord formed us of the dust of the ground. That's why. And so we were created by God in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7. And so since we were created by him and he breathed the breath of life into us, then our lives are not our own. And we every, every breath that we take is from the Lord. The Bible says life is like a vapor. It appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. This is why our life is not our own. And let me give you, I said I was going to give you some examples. The examples are number one, I hope, and I said it earlier, people say that this is my life and I live it the way I want to. You can't say that. Really, really technically, a person cannot say that. This is my life. It's really not yours. It belongs to God. No matter what age you are. Your life belongs to God. You breathe God's air. He said he breathed the breath of life in the man's nostrils. Which means every breath we take. Is for God's purpose. It's for God's purpose. 
He designed every breath we take. Amen. And he has designed. He designed when he designed when we got when we get up. He designed when we go to bed. He knows all about that. Yes, he does give us choices. He allows us to live life. But our sole purpose is to live it, our life for him. That's why anybody that's living for the Lord, living holy for the Lord, is able to say, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Why are they able to say that? Because they're able to say that. They're able to say that because of the fact they're living for the Lord. And there is nothing that can harm them. There is nothing as long as they have the the Holy Ghost and they got Jesus on the inside of them and they're living and they have a relationship with Christ. There's nothing that can harm them. That's why they can say it. Why do you think that people, people that are in Christ, um, they can smile through their pain? Some people, and I'm going to use me for example, down through my life, some people have known what I've went through. I mean, blatantly known what I'm going through. And they're like, how can you smile through the pain? How can you smile through that? Because I know that the Lord has my back. It is his purpose. He designed that for me. It was his purpose for me to live life to the fullest. And in me living life, I can't be worried about everything that come, that happens in my life. I can't be worried. I can't doubt. I got to lean and depend on Jesus. Purpose by design. That's why we can say all things work together for the good of them that love God. Now, in the beginning... If we read further in the book of Genesis, if we read further in the book of Genesis chapter 2, we will see God's purpose for mankind in the beginning. In the beginning, in the beginning, God's purpose for mankind was for us to live a blessed and a blessed and blissed life. That was God's purpose for us. Because at the beginning, there was no sin. There was no sin on the earth until Adam sinned. And what was his sin? The Lord told Adam not to eat of a tree that was in the Garden of Eden. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. He told him, don't eat of it. And what did Adam do? Adam then took it upon himself to listen to his flesh. And when I say listen to his flesh, I don't mean skin and bone. 
He allowed the enemy to creep into his mind through his wife. Through his wife. He allowed his flesh to creep in and dictate the, the, the purpose that God had designed for his life. And it might not it, 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 it might not seem it might seem like wait how how is it that that Adam's sin messed up his purpose for his life? Adam did one thing wrong, and not only did he mess himself up, but he messed up the whole entire mankind. He messed up the whole entire mankind. Because as soon as Adam sinned, as soon as Adam sinned, and we got scripture to back it up too. We got scripture to back it up, and I'm going to take you to the scripture. But I want to make this point first. As soon as Adam sinned, the sin that Adam put on, that Adam brought upon the earth separated us from God. It separated us from the purpose that God had for our life. When God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden, it separated us because sin cannot be in the presence of God. Sin stinks in the nostrils of God. It cannot be in the in the presence of God. And you might say, well, uh, Adam you know, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You're right. You're correct. But now, now that redemption has come, which is the Holy Ghost, we don't have to willfully sin. We don't have to sin. We do not have to sin. Why do I know? You might say, well, how do you know that, Adam? We all sin every day. Look, we don't have to willfully give in to sin. Because God has sent his spirit. He reconciled us back to him through his death, burial, and resurrection. That's why we can say John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, if we look at that scripture, John 3, 16, why did he say that? Why did he say uh, that we, that if whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life? Just that part. Why did he say that? Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Because if we put our faith in God, if we walk in the purpose of God, if we live holy, if we walk in the plan of God, and when I say the purpose of God, I mean the plan of, of God, which means you're going to walk in the way he would have you to get out of sin. He, you would walk in the way he would have you to live. That's why our life is not our own. Is it, is it coming together now? 
That's why our life is not our own. That's why it was designed. That's why our purpose is designed for us. You might say, well, why is God designing my purpose for me? I know how to live life. No, you don't. I don't either. The Bible says there's a way that seemeth right to man, but the end thereof is death. Just like Adam. Adam thought there was another way. And he took that way, even though God told him not to. And guess what? Sin came upon the world and death came upon the world because of the choice that Adam made. Now, watch this. I'm going to take you to the scripture just to show you that it's in the scriptures. Romans chapter five. Let's go to Romans chapter five. Let's go to Romans chapter five, because I want you to see this. Why he designed our purpose for our life. Purpose by design. I want you to see why. Because we as people, we as people, we can't, we really can't walk through this thing called life without God. Because we'd be so jacked up without him. And some people are jacked up. And I say that in the nicest way that I can because they don't have God in their life. And there are some people that say, well, I know Jesus. Okay, but does he know you? And do you know him in the pardon of your sins? Because you can know... You can say you know him, but really don't know, really don't know a, a person. You can say you know a person, but really don't know him. I know, but, and I'm going to give you an example. I know LeBron James. I know of him. I've never met him. But just because I know of him doesn't mean I know him. I know who he is. I know what he does. I know who uh, Kurt Franklin is. I know who all of these celebrities are. But just because I know who they are and what they do does not mean that I know them. And that's the same way with Jesus. Do we really know him in the pardon of our sins? And he has designed a purpose so we can know him. Amen. He designed that purpose. John 3.16 backs that up. But I want you, I, I want to read this. I want to read this verse to you. In Romans chapter 5 verse number 12. Because I want to show you that Adam brought sin into the world. And death. He brought sin and death into the world. And that sin, that sin separated us from, the, from God. And I'm going to take you to another scripture that shows us that sin separates us from God. Amen. It separates us not only from God, but what if we get separated from God, we're separated from the purpose that God has for us. Amen. In Romans chapter 5, verse number 12, it, it reads, Wherefore... As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, 
And so death passed upon upon all men, for that all have sinned. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. If we look at that scripture and we take John 3, 16, that's why Jesus had to die because of sin. Because of the sins of mankind, all the way back, going all the way back to Adam, he died for every single person on the face of the earth. He died. And if you were the only person, my former, my former pastor used to say this a lot. If you were the only person on the face of the earth, he would have died just for you. He would have done it just for you. Because he cares that much about your soul. Because he cares that much about your life. Because he cares that much that he wants you to live the life in prosperity. He wants you to prosper. But you must prosper as your soul prospers. What do you mean? You might say, well, Adam, what do you mean I got to prosper as my soul prospers? Look, we have so much stuff in this world that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. We got our careers. We got our jobs. We got children. We got home life. But the Bible says, what shall separate us from the love of God? The Bible also says, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I've said that, I read that scripture to say this. Nothing in this world is more important than your soul. Purpose by design. He made a way of escape for us to come out of sin. Because sin separated us from the plan and the purpose of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It separated us. Amen. And it was God's. It was God that went to an old rugged cross at Calvary. That's why it goes back. The wages of sin is death. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Perish in sin. He died so that you may not perish. I have a, I have a friend on Facebook. And this individual put up a post one Easter morning. It's a couple, uh, maybe two, three, maybe three, four, five years ago. And that post still sticks with me to this day. And that post on Facebook said, his death certificate was our birth certificate. I'm going to say it again. His death certificate was our birth certificate. What do you mean? Without without God, we can't live. 
spiritually and naturally. We cannot live. Now, you might be able to go around this world for a while without God in your life. But there's only so far you can go until the devil and life takes you out. And I'm just being honest. Because sin weighs you down. Sin destroys a person. If you don't think so, look at Jesus. When he took on the sins of, of the world, he died. He died. Sin can kill a person. Have you ever? And if you look in the natural, sin kills. Sin kills. And we're still on purpose by design. But I want you to understand this. Sin will kill you. Literally and figuratively. Sin will kill you. It will. It will take you to places that you do not want to go. And that is the devil's agenda for your life. You want you don't believe me? John 10 and 10. St. John. Chapter 10, verse 10. It says, and the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. The thief, when God was saying this, when Jesus was talking about the thief, he was talking about the devil. The devil's job is to kill, steal, and to destroy you. Or to steal, kill, and to destroy you. In that order. Steal, kill, and destroy that's the devil's main purpose for your life. So when you look out there in the world and you see people prospering without God, it's only a temporary prosperity. At the end of that is destruction. The Bible says there's a way that seemeth right to man, but the end thereof is death. There's destruction. And, I, and you know what? I call the devil a con artist. I call him a con artist. Because the devil will paint, will paint a beautiful picture in front of you, making it look so good, it, just as well as he did Adam. Because that fruit that Adam ate of, it looked spectacular to him. If it didn't, he wouldn't have ate of it. I want you to get this. Purpose by design. God designed your purpose for your life. But it is up to us to get on the net, on that path. That narrow path. Because the Bible says narrow is the way. And broad is the way that to the path of destruction. But narrow is the way that to life. Amen. We must get on that narrow path, the path, the way, the truth, and the life unto Jesus. Give it all that stuff out there in the world means nothing when it comes to your soul and your life. Now, in John chapter 10, verse 10, not only do you see the devil's agenda for your life, but you also see God's agenda. 
And have you ever noticed, and I'm going to read it again. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, uh, And the thief cometh but, but to steal, kill, and to destroy. Now watch this. At the middle of that verse, it said, But I come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. That's Jesus. I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. What is that? We read it in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So in two in 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 two various scriptures in two various scriptures in John 3:16 and in John chapter 10 verse 10 Jesus is talking about life he's talking about everlasting life and he's talking about life and having life more abundantly but when he talks about the devil and the things of the world He refers to it as leading down the road to destruction. Why is that? Because the devil does not like you nor me. Because he hates God and anything he has to do to try to get back at God, he'll do it. Even if that means taking you and me out. I'm just being I'm just being plain with this. I'm being blunt with this. You might say, well, it's my life. I live it the way I want to. Yes, you can. God gave you that free will and right. But there's there's consequences behind every action that we make, whether good or bad or indifferent. Have you ever heard of the science term uh, with every action, there's a reaction well, when, what we do with our life, it means something. Because our life, the way people are leaving up out of here now, it means something. Life is like a vapor. It does appear for a little while and it vanishes away. That's why we can't take life for granted. That's why we can't take God's purpose for our life for granted. Amen. We cannot. We are not supposed to be dictating our life. When you come unto salvation, you are no longer the dictator of your life. God is now the dictator and God is actually the dictator, the mediator and the savior of your life from beginning till end. He is the dictator, the mediator, and the savior of your life. He did it all at the beginning. And it is up to us to make that decision whether we want God to walk with us. And you might say you want God to walk with you, but he looks at the heart. He looks, and I hear everybody saying, well, God looks at my heart. Oh, yes, he does. 
he doesn't just look at the words that come out of our mouth. He don't just listen to the words that come out of our mouth. You ever heard, you ever seen a man whisper sweet nothings in a woman's ear? Oh, baby, I, I, I would love you to life. I would do this. I would do that. I would do this and do that. And most of them, most of them are whispering sweet nothing in that, in that uh, young lady's ear. And that's the way God feels with, with some, with some people. God, I love you. God, I, well, show him. Show him by giving him your life. He wants a life for life. He died that you might have life. Abundancy of life and eternal life. Life everlasting. But you got but you gotta hand the dictatorship over to him. This is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship. I know we live the ones that the the ones that are listening to me in the United States. I know we live in a democracy. We live in a land where it's democracy. But guess what? When it comes to your life and it comes to Jesus, it's supposed to be a dictatorship. And guess what? It's a good dictatorship. It's the best life you could ever live. Amen. How do I know? Colossians. The book of Colossians. Colossians 3 and 17 says, whatsoever ye do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now watch this. Now I said earlier, I said earlier, I'm going to read this scripture. I'm going to let you ponder on it because we're getting ready to take a commercial break and then we're going to come back. Matter of fact, I'm going to leave you in suspense. I'm not even going to read the scripture right now. We're going to take a commercial break. And then we're going we're gonna to come back and I'm going to read the scripture to you. Amen. I'm hoping that you're getting something out of this. I'm praying that you that that you are being blessed by this because I surely was blessed when the Lord gave it to me. And I hope that you're being blessed by this in Jesus name. This is the Summit Internet Radio Podcast show right here on. I Like I like I said, every platform. Uh, that the summon is heard on. Amen. I'm just going to say it that way. I know it's, I, I know it's not cliche, but I'm just going to say it that way in Jesus name. God bless you. I love you. And I will see you back here after this commercial break. We got to go pay some bills y'all in Jesus name. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. We are back live right here on the summit internet radio podcast show. And yes, you already know who I am. In Jesus' name, I'm your host, Adam Tuggle, in Jesus' name. And we are having, we are talking about a great topic today on this episode. Purpose by design. Purpose by design. Amen. And as I said before we went to commercial break, I wanted to read this scripture to you. Just to show you that what we do with our lives is a very big impact or gives off a very big impact unto God. It shows God where where we stand with him. Amen. 
Let's go to Isaiah 59. Isaiah chapter 59. Because I'm about to show you. Because you might say, well, I want to live it up. I want to party it up. I want to do this. And I got to, I got to, I got to have my, 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 my parties. I got to have my, my, my liquor. I got to have my weed. I got to have my smokes. I got to have my, my, whatever type of life it might be. But I'm going to show you. And I'm just using those as an example. I'm not, I'm not, uh, uh, judging anybody when I said that. Amen. But in the book of Isaiah, I'm going to show you through scripture where a life without God will take you. Amen. You might say, well, I can, I can party it up and still live for the Lord. Uh, uh-uh. Nope. No, you can't. No, you can't. And I'm going to show you that scripture too. But I'm going to show you this one in the book of Isaiah. Amen. In Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah chapter 59. And like I said, I hope you're getting something out of this. Because um, when the Lord gave it to me. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, Lord, you want me to teach or talk about this again. Um, and it was, it, it's not easy. It's not easy talking about stuff like this. I understand that. It's not easy. But in Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. Amen. In that, in these two verses, Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. And it reads, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But, now there goes that but there. Now he, 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 can, he, he can save us. He can hear us. But there goes a but there. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Uh Uh-oh. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Amen. These two verses is telling us because iniquity just means sin. It's another word for sin. And it said it. It said it at the end of that verse. Your sins have hid his face from you. Which means. He don't even want to see it. Because you got sin on you. When he sees you, he sees sin. And he died for sin. So that sin might be blotted out of your life. So that sin might be blotted out of my life. That's why we can't live any way we want to live. Because we'll be, a, we'll be messed up if we live the way we want to. You see what happened to Adam. Adam did his own thing. 
This is not, and let me tell you this, this is not Burger King. You can't have it your way. We got to do it God's way. That's why it's purpose by design. He designed the purpose for your life. We cannot get to the purpose that we haven't set for our life without doing it God's way. There is no other way. Amen. There is no other way but God's way. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read to you this scripture, okay? Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, this is why we should not partake in the things of the world. And this is why, um, like I said before, this is why um, God does, our sins separate us from God. Amen. We, we read, we read that scripture in Isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 and 2. Now, I'm about to show you this. Why, why our sins separate, separate uh, us from him? And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, these are the, for the people that have the Spirit on the inside of them. Now, God's Spirit will not rest in a person if they're in sin. Okay? If any man defile the temple, and this is in verse 17. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are? Amen. Let no man defile, defile himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may that he may be wise. Amen. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. It is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftness. Amen. These verses right here show us that when we partake in the things of the world, that we are not fulfilling the promise that God has for our life or the purpose that God has for our life and the promise. Because he promised us. He promised us life. If we follow him, he promised us life. Amen. Now watch this. If we choose to go with the purpose of God, this is what will happen. Cause I've, cause like you might say, well, Adam, you've only showed the bad side of it. So now I'm about to show you the good side of it. If we walk in the promise that God has for us and in the purpose that God has for us, purpose by design, like I said earlier, 
He wants us to have life and have it more abundantly. He wants us to have everlasting life, right? Everlasting life. He wants us to have life in this life and eternal life. A life with him. Amen. Because if we live down here in sin, we are set. And if we die, if we leave this world in sin, we are set for death. This is I would rather live twice and die once than to live once and die twice. And you might say, wow, that's deep. What do you but what do you mean by that? If we live our life for Christ. From where we are right now, if you do not and I, <clears throat> and I'm speaking to. A person that does not have Christ in their life. And I'm talking about fully. I'm not talking about halfway. I'm not talking about one once in and once out and all of that. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you fully committed to God. Okay. If a person is fully committed to God. And you live this life fully committed to God and you die. Fully committed to God for God and you, you, you have it. In you, for God I live, for God I die. All right? You got that saying deep-rooted in your heart, in your soul, in your mind. For God I live, for God I die. And you live this life for Christ. You live in holy. Because the Bible says holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen? You done been baptized in Jesus. You done repented of your sins you done been baptized in Jesus' name. You done been filled with the Holy Ghost and you're living holy. And that person that does these steps, repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name and being filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost and taking that power that God has given us is, as it's uh, recorded in Acts 1 and 8, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, ye shall have power. Amen. And you take that power and you use it to the best of your ability to keep yourself in good standings with God and you die in Christ. Heaven is your home. Heaven's your home. And so that's why I said I would rather live twice and die once. What is that? What is that live twice? You don't live naturally down here and now you have an eternal home. Now you live for eternity in heaven. That's that everlasting life. Amen. That's that everlasting life that is talked about in John 3.16. Amen. Now that, that, that life and that more abundantly life is both spiritually and naturally too. He came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. What is that abundant life in heaven and down here on earth? Well, that abundant life in heaven is eternal life. Goes right back to John 3, 16, eternal life. But watch this, that abundant life down here on earth when we live in for God is this. Watch this in Psalms. Let's go to the book of. Well, first of all. Uh, yeah, let's go to the book of Psalms. Real quick, I'm going to go to two passages of scripture. 
in the book of Psalms. Just to give you an inkling of what you'll have if you choose to live your life for Christ. If you choose to live in the purpose that God has designed for your life as it's recorded in Romans 8 and 28. Amen. This is the purpose. Let's go to. Uh, let me see. Let's go to Psalms. Psalms. Psalms 27. Psalms 27. Yeah, let's go to Psalms 27. Because this this psalm right here will show us what we will have if we live in the purpose that God has for our life. If we choose the purpose. Amen. If we choose that purpose that God has for our life. Amen. This is it right here. Uh, this is part of the purpose. Amen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Thus a host shall encamped against me. My heart shall not fear. Thus war shall rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To see the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Now watch this. It says inquire in his temple. Now watch. In Psalms, uh, Psalms 91. Let's go to Psalms 91. Psalms 91. And I'm going to show you in Psalms 91. If you inquire in, that's why I said to see the beauty of the Lord and then to inquire in his temple. Amen. That means doing everything that God wants you to do. That means going to church. That means going inside the, the actual building. Amen. Going to church. Because God wants you to come to his house. Amen. He don't just want to go to your house all the time. He wants to come to your he. He don't want he don't want to just come to your house. He wants you to come to his house. Amen. Now watch this. Psalms 91. This is what we will receive. If we walk in the purpose that God has for our life. Amen. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him Will I trust? Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisant pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thy trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrows that flyeth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the 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 destruction that wastes that wastes at noonday a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand 
but it shall not come nigh thee. You might say, well, what does all of that mean? That means that you are living in the presence of God. Nothing will hurt you. Nothing will be able to take you out. Because you're living in the purpose God has for you. Purpose by design. He wants you to have life and more abundantly. That's that more abundant life. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. As it's recorded in Psalms 91. Now watch this. Let's go to a very familiar passage of scripture. Psalms 23. Everybody, everybody knows Psalms 23. Amen. Everybody knows Psalms 23. Amen. And we're coming down to the end of this. Amen. Because I, I, I just do it the way the Lord wants me to do it. And once he says shut up, I shut up. All right. Psalms 23. Because I want to show you this in Psalms 23. Psalms 23. Everybody knows this. Amen. For the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. Surely goodness, oh, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I, and this is the stipulation, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If we let allow in verse number one of Psalms 23, it says the Lord is my shepherd. David wrote this song. Because David was David, if we look at David, David was a sheep herder. He tended to the sheep. A sheep herder leads sheep, natural sheep. Okay. That's why he wanted the Lord to lead him. He wanted the Lord to be his shepherd. That's what a shepherd does. It leads. It leads the sheep. He wanted God to lead him. And that's what we need to do. Because if we allow God to lead us. We will have an abundance of life. And our life won't be messed up because we have so many people in this world today looking for life in all the wrong places. And they wonder why. Why is life so messed up? Why is life? Why is life the way it is for me? Well, I'll tell you. We need to be more in love with Jesus. We need to get closer to him like never before. That's why the that's why the scripture says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. What is that shadow under the blood of Jesus Christ? 
where the devil cannot touch you. Where things of this world cannot touch you. Where things of this world won't be able to satisfy that need in your walk with Christ. Only Jesus can fulfill that need that you. Do you know why people clean for for things of the world? It's because their soul's not happy. Their soul is craving the things of God. And you're trying to, people are trying to seek out uh, other avenues to find peace, to find contentment. But you can only find peace and contentment in Jesus. Your soul is craving peace. Your soul is craving contentment. And the only way you're going to find it is in Jesus. He said he'll keep your mind in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. That thee is Jesus. You have to. We must. Do it God's way. Because if there is no other way, there's an old song that says there is no other way I can live without you. Hence, no other way. There's no other way. I can live without you. All the money in the world cannot buy you the joy and the peace that God gives. You want some joy, you want some peace, you want some happiness, you want some contentment. I dare you today to cling to Jesus. I dare you to ask, what must I do to be saved? Because in in John chapter three. a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you how to seek out contentment, because in Matthew chapter six. Verse 33, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you, which means the the spiritual things and the natural things. In verse 32 of that same book in, in, in Matthew chapter six, in verse 32, if we go up that verse, uh, it says, Your heavenly father knows what you have need of. He knows what you have need of. That's why we need to be led by him. That's why Psalms 23 backs it up. For the the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He knows what you need. In the things of the world, you do not need it. That peace that you're looking for, you ain't going to find it in no man or no woman. That contentment that you're looking for, that wholeness that you're looking for, you're not going to find it in it. You're not going to find it in the alcohol. You're not going to find it in the drugs. You're not going to find it in, 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 in the friends, in the family, in the loved ones. You're not going to find it in your career. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to have a career because it's not. Because the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. It's not bad to have a job. But when you put that job over God's purpose for your life, then it becomes a problem. When you start searching other avenues for your purpose other than God, then it becomes a problem. 
and you are you are taking uh, minute solutions to a major problem. You are using very minute solutions to a major problem. And it's not good. But I I make this call today. And I don't beg nobody to do nothing for me. I don't beg nobody to do nothing for me nor my family. But on today, I beg you on today to come unto Jesus. All that stuff out there in the world means nothing. We read the scripture earlier. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? There are people actually in the world today. Uh, uh, they're, they're trading in their souls for fame and for fortune. They're, they're, they're sacrificing their souls. Well, I'll give my soul in exchange for fame or I'll, I'll give my soul in exchange for money or I'll give my soul in exchange for this and that. The devil is a liar. Don't you do it. That money won't always be there. That fame and that fortune won't always be there. That job won't always be there. And guess what? The Lord blessed you with that job. The Lord blessed you with that career. I remember, and I'm going to say this, and we, 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 we about to go home. We wrapping it up. But I had, I was working a job one time. And I had somebody tell me on, on that job or ask me, why do you serve Jesus? Why do you serve Jesus? And I told him, I told him why I said, I, I, I serve him. He said, because, uh, you told me that you were in church. You've been in church all your life. Mm -hmm, I have, I've been in church all my life. All my life from a baby on up to now. Been in church. And not just been in church. Not just been in church, but been in the body of Christ. Because there is a big difference. Amen. And so when I say that. And there's a question that just came in. Um. I thank God. I, I, I want to say I thank God for your questions and we will get to that question before we uh, get off the air today. Um, this person asked me, why do you serve God? I know you you were as a child, you was forced to go to church with your parents. But why do you serve God as an adult? Why do you serve Jesus? Because, you know, you know that uh, we're all God's. And I looked at the person. I said, wait, what? And he and and this man began to tell me, yeah, we're all gods. Why are you serving uh, Jesus when you're a God yourself? And I said, no, I'm not. I'm not a God. No, I'm way. I'm way below that. I'm not. No, don't you put me there. And he said, oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. That Bible got you. Uh, thinking that you're not a God. I'm a God. Oh, you are? Yeah, I'm a God. Yep, I sure am. 
Well, why do you think that way? And he said, because I control my destiny. I can tell my destiny where to go and what to do and what to say. I said, okay. All right. I said, okay, you're a God, right? He said, yep, I sure am. That's what I, I said. You believe that? Yep. He believes it. All right. Well, guess what? This is why I believe I'm not. Okay. I said, and I'm going to use you as an example if I can. And he said, it's okay. Yeah, you can use me. All right. I said, if you're a God, if you're, if you are a God, do you have the power to wake up in the morning? He said, yeah, I got the power to get up. I get up and I hear my alarm clock go off and I come to work. I said, no, that's not what I said. You missed it. Do you have the power to get yourself up out of the bed? Do you have the power to breathe the breath of life into you to the point that you hear what's going on around you, that the point that you understand what's going on around you. And he just looked at me. He said, no, but okay, then you're not a God. You're not a God. I said, we're at the place that we're working at, if you're a God and you control your own destiny, why are you working here? Why are you working at a retail store? If you're a God and you control your own destiny and you can make your own destiny and all this stuff. And yeah, we can talk about it. And yeah, we have we have, uh, you know, we have desires of our hearts. But unless God gives us the strength to get up and do it. We can't even get to our job without without the strength of God. That's why Philippians 4 and 13 says for uh I can do all things through what? Christ that strengtheneth me. We can't move without him. That's why I said that earlier. We can't move without him. We can't we we can't do nothing without him. And this man looked at me. So today I tell you. Will you make that choice? Will you make that decision to 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 roll with God today? To know him in the pardon of your sins. Acts 2 and 38 says. Uh, then Peter said unto them. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is what we need to do. In John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, Jesus spoke to a man that by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a soldier that came to him by night and basically asked, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus told him, you got to be born again. You got to be born again of the water and the spirit. If, if you're not, you can't see the kingdom of God. That's it. That's that's recorded in John chapter three, verses three through five. And there's several other scriptures. Where the Holy Ghost was given. 
And people were baptized in Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Ghost. And that same way is being done today. He said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I do not change. He did not change the standard of salvation. He did not change the standard of holiness. This is the only way to see heaven. This is the only way to see God in peace. In Jesus' name. God bless you. I love you. I pray that you have a very, very blessed week. I pray that that you got something out of this, of this topic today. On this episode of the Summit Internet Radio Podcast with your host, Adam Tuggle. God bless you. I love you again. But know this. I might love you, but Jesus loves you more. In Jesus' name, God bless you.